back to another episode of Hot Off the Hip. This podcast exists to connect and inspire young professionals in West Michigan through shared stories and aspirations. Young professional is a term used to describe those in the first half of their career. My goal is to connect you more thoroughly to our vibrant young professional community through this show. I'm your host, Johannes Boot, Vice President of the Holland Zealand Young Professionals, and thank you for taking some time to listen in. Today, I have the privilege of welcoming Simone Withers to the show. Simone is the Creative Manager at Birch Partners, Secretary and Leadership Team Member of Women of Color Give, and, congratulations Simone, the 2021 HIP Leadership Award recipient for Equity Matters. Welcome to the podcast, Simone. Thank you. I am so excited to be here. In this episode, we're going to talk not only a little bit about Simone and get to know her well more, but we're going to discuss the local work she's been doing in equity, and we have a special surprise announcement at the end of the episode, so make sure you stay tuned. So we are so happy to have you on the episode, Simone. Congratulations again on winning the Equity Matters Young Professional of the Year Award. For those of you who are not familiar with Equity Matters, this award is given to a young professional leader who advances equity, inclusion, and justice and has created an impact toward, but not limited to, ethnic and cultural diversity, gender, socioeconomic equity, and underprivileged persons' rights. Simone, when you were sitting in the chair and you didn't know who was going to win the award and your name was called, how did it feel to win and what did it mean to you? my goodness it was completely unexpected yeah i was i was not at all anticipating this win um but once i pushed through the shock i felt so validated diversity equity and inclusion work social justice work it's so important and it's also really really challenging you have to have thick skin there's a lot of no's, there's a lot of not yet, there's a lot of gaslighting and gatekeeping. It really drains you. But you have to push forward, and when you start to see progress, it's incredibly rewarding. As a woman and a person of color, how can I not take this work personally? Sometimes it feels like I'm two inches tall, screaming at the top of my lungs that we're here and we matter. So to be tapped on the shoulder and told that what I'm doing is good enough to be noticed, it's a huge sigh of relief. It gives me hope to know that there are organizations in this community, like HIP, that are providing a platform for equity and inclusion. That visibility really matters. And I'll say this. Check in on your friends who do this work. Let them know that they are seen and they are doing a good job. And then roll up your sleeves and jump in those trenches with them, because there's always more work to be done. Amen. I gotta say, sitting across the table from you and seeing the emotions wash over your face, it was so evident to me that uh, not only were you a very deserving person for this award, but that it meant a lot to you personally. And we can tell that from your previous statement as well. Can you explain a bit more why this work is so personal to you? Yeah. I am half black and Filipino. My parents come from tropical islands on opposite sides of the world. And growing up as a biracial child with two immigrant parents in the United States was interesting, I have to say. I've always floated between many people groups in my lifetime, and I'm really sensitive to and constantly searching for intentional spaces where people can feel like they belong and are accepted for their true selves. And when I notice that those, that those spaces don't exist or are not readily accessible to the people who truly need them, 
I really can't help myself. I just hop in. Um, whatever the need, really. Building communities through curated experiences, providing spaces for others to thrive and realize their own potential, and challenging those, those in power to improve their pre-existing systems by bringing more diverse worldviews to the table. This is who I am. It's as instinctual and ingrained within me as my own DNA. And I want to help build a future where beautifully odd and creative children like I was see themselves abundantly reflected in every space they want to participate in. Amen. For those of you who are listening online, take a minute, rewind, and listen to that last statement about beautifully odd and creative children being able to see themselves and participate in this community. Simone, explain a little bit more why equity matters in a broader sense and why every young professional in the Holland area should care about work similar to what you're doing. Oh, they should care about equity work because it's the right thing to do. Oh my goodness. But no, to, to be honest, I guess the best way I could sum it up is this. Have you ever heard of the phrase, if you're not sitting at the table, then you're probably what's on the menu? Excluding certain people groups in decision making not only robs us of the richness of their voices, but it inherently hurts them. How do we know if what we are building is the, in the best interest of our community if we don't include them in the building process? They know better than us what they need. And we create more impact if we give those closest to the pain power to invest and transform our community. I wish more people integrated this within their areas of work. This concept of bringing diverse voices to the table shouldn't be isolated to community-serving organizations. It applies to everyone, to all of us. We don't have to leave this to the DEI professionals alone. We all can do our part to educate ourselves and surround ourselves with diverse voices to better connect with our consumers, our target audiences, constituents, whatever, ultimately expanding our empathy and understanding. Amen. It's really clear from just listening to you in the past 10 minutes that your mindset has really developed around this topic. Can you explain what your catalyst was and how you came to your current conclusions? What pushed you into action, Simone? Okay, to be honest, I never saw myself as an activist. I have a Bachelor of Fine Arts in Graphic Design. And my dream was to work for a high-end, luxury-focused company uh, and maybe pursue my singing and songwriting on the side. It really wasn't until I moved to Holland that I came face-to-face -face with the harsh reality of being tokenized. It ended up pointing me in a direction I could not have anticipated. When I moved here back in the fall of 2018, I dove headfirst into community involvement. My motivation was twofold. First, I, it was out of survival. I am a woman of color, New York City born and raised, worldly, progressive, edgy, creative, and I didn't immediately fit into Holland's status quo. And many people told me they would be very interested to see how long I lasted here. Second, it was out of necessity in my first job as marketing director for a local organization. Within the first month of this job, an article was published by a concerned parent and local teacher that called my organization out for forcing children to assimilate to West Michigan Dutch culture in order to participate in our community events. And as a marketing and PR professional on my team, 
I was tasked with writing a response to that now viral article. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to your first day on the job. <laughs> yeah. My heart sank when I read that article because even though I was new to this community, I am very familiar with what it's like to be a person of color in America. I ended up being the first and only person of color hired on staff at this organization. And this organization has been around for almost a century. And whether or not it was expected of me, I knew right away that I couldn't possibly represent all people of color. It was important for me to find community leaders of diverse thought and backgrounds to provide input and guidance in the work that I was starting to do. Eventually, I became the organization's unofficial point person for DEI, and much of the work that I did never got to see the light of day. Mm. Something that we often leave out of the conversation when we talk about diversity, equity, and inclusion is justice, which means breaking down the barriers that create inequality in the first place so that marginalized groups can truly thrive. Justice is what really matters, and it's what we are working towards. And it's oftentimes where DEI initiatives die. Many organizations will hire a DEI consultant or ask the one person of color on staff to write a DEI statement. But what really speaks volumes is the actions the organization takes to dismantle the unjust systems in place so that all this DEI work is no longer necessary. Hmm. My experience at that organization really set the tone for my career here in West Michigan. And the sad thing is, my story is not unique in this community. Sitting here listening to you describe this situation, I can just feel the frustration and the emotions that must have poured through you in this first project. And you are a better person and a more powerful person to have faced the challenge just like you did, Simone. But you came from a wonderful community, it sounds like. Why did you stick around? Why didn't you leave when things got hard? That's a really fair question. And I think that people did expect me to leave. Um, but I have to say, through the many relationships I built while working at that organization, I found my tribe. I found my people. There are so many people in this community that are working hard to make it a more inclusive place. And they give me hope. That's why I stay. Wow, there's hope. That's wonderful. So good to hear that you found a tribe. So your first... Job here in Holland brought you face-to-face -face with the equity challenges in our community. Where did you go from there? How did you develop beyond this catalyst? So in my beginning stages of seeking out those community leaders to advise my DEI journey, I met an incredible group of women, and together we would end up launching a philanthropy collective called Women of Color Give. Oh, I... I love this organization so much. You could probably hear me smiling right now. Um, women of Color Give is built by women of color for women of color. Many of our members share similar stories of being the only woman or person of color in a professional space. And we were tired of pushing up against boards that don't reflect the communities they serve. So we decided to build our own table and bring women of diverse cultural backgrounds together to share common space to connect and to leverage our resources and to invest our own money in people and projects that matter to us. Our mission is to reframe the narrative of women of color as recipients of goodwill to stewards of change. 
we are grossly underrepresented in formal philanthropic sectors. So we are changing that charitable giving landscape by adding more diverse voices to the narrative. We currently have a donor advised fund at the Community Foundation of Holland Zealand that is built through sponsorship dollars and quarterly giving from our members. And each year we distribute 80% of our funds to organizations that support the advancement, development, and promotion of black, indigenous, and people of color on the lakeshore. This is huge. Our first distribution in 2020, um, we were able to distribute over $20,000 worth of grants to five organizations in the community. And our second give in 2021, we distributed double that amount. Wow, that's terrific. I know. Wow. And now in 2022, our goal is to double it again. I am so excited for Women of Color Give. Um, these women and this community that is Women of Color Give provided a loving and welcoming space for me when I moved here. And these fearless women are my mentors. They're my sisters. They're my fellow social justice warriors. And they're my friends. That's terrific. Uh, I just want to talk a little bit more about Women of Color Give. So often it occurs to me as we're talking that DE&I is more of like, is often like a conflict inside of companies where it's pushing for change, pushing for justice, uh, the awkwardness often that comes around these discussions and the avoidance. And I think it's such a beautiful thing that Women of Color Give totally just sidesteps all of that and starts a really positive thing in our community that is totally in the right direction. Absolutely. That's amazing. And where did this idea come from? Tell me a little bit more about who, where, where did Women of Color give? Is, is it something that, we, that somebody had an idea and emulated from another community? Is it a totally brand new idea? Yeah. So we model ourselves after like a traditional giving circle. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm giving credit where credit's due. We have three incredible co-founders, Johanna Jenkins-Lays, Robin Afric, and Lucia Rios. Those three were the first to come together and really talk about what was happening in this community, their frustrations, and what they can do to channel that frustration into really positive change. And I am just so blessed to continue to have those three women in my life. Terrific. We are definitely going to be linking this organization in the show notes, everybody. So uh, if when you're listening, make sure to scroll down, open up the notes, and see all the great links below. And I think we'll be interviewing Yana later on in the season. So oh, yeah. stay tuned. Simone, this sounds amazing. And I know I can tell you're on fire and just passionate about what you're doing. But let's not kid ourselves. This work takes a lot of energy, a lot of commitment, a lot of emotional energy. What are you doing for yourself? So I tend to err on the side of working too much. And as a result of that, two things happen to me. One, I suffer from burnout far too often. And that's not okay. And two, I over-identify with my profession. Um, I began to notice that in conversation, when anyone would ask me how I was doing, I would just talk about my work and immediately eyes would glaze over 
Not that what I do isn't interesting, but when it's all I talk about, it makes it hard for people to really get to know me as a person. And it doesn't always lead to the most exciting conversations. Working from home during COVID really ate away at what little work-life boundaries I had in place. And trust me, they were very little. And somewhere in what felt like the 12th year of shutdown, it hit me. Can I survive at this pace until retirement? And if I do, will I be happy? Or will I regret all of the things I missed along the way? So I started to examine what I imagined would be 65-year-old Simone's list of regrets. And I realized that a lot of the items on my list were related to my creativity. Giannis, I have a question for you. Uh Uh-oh. Is there a craft or skill that you've always wanted to learn or an activity that you've always dreamed of doing, but the thought never crossed your mind to actually do it? Wow. Well, you are really putting me on the spot here. Yes. Um, I, I remember me and my brother, we used to own a sailboat, uh, a Hobie Catamaran, and we'd play around on it a little bit. We'd take it into Lake Mac or try to get it over the beach into the ocean before into the Lake Michigan before, uh, the guards would see us and tell us we couldn't push it over the beach and whatnot. <laughs> but I never really buckled down and took classes and learned to really sail. And it was a fun pastime, but I think that's probably one regret from mine that I really should have made plans and, and, and I can still make plans, I guess. This is to true. Learn to sail. You can still make plans. But yeah, I mean, I kind of felt the same way about certain things that I would come across. I would always see something and I'd be like, oh my gosh, so cool. If I had the time or resources, I would totally do this, but I don't have the time or resources, so I'm going to file it away in my that-would-be-nice cabinet Mm. and only revisit the idea in times of remorse. How sad is that? In January last year, I decided to start crossing items off my list. What this looks like for me is dedicating six months to learning a new skill. Six months is just long enough to see progress but also short enough to commit wholeheartedly without feeling like you're signing your life away, Mm. which honestly I think is where a lot of us kind of not, it's what keeps us from pursuing these things. So my first skill was pottery. I took two back-to-back ceramic classes at the Holland Area Arts Council, and I cannot recommend those classes enough. Working with Mary, the instructor, was so inspiring. She really lives and breathes pottery. For my second skill, I wanted to pursue something more performative, and because of my Caribbean roots and my background in theater, I landed on a Latin ballroom. There is a lovely dance studio in Washington Square owned by my friend Walker Wilson. He happened to be celebrating his grand opening this past summer, and when I went to check it out, I was overwhelmed by the joy radiating from his students of every skill level. And as they perform their numbers, I just I just couldn't help but catch that dancing bug. Mm-hmm. Um, and I signed up for private lessons the very next week. Now, I know that paying for classes isn't always accessible for people. And to be honest, I wasn't sure if I could afford art classes myself, but I saw this as an investment in my well-being. And what I wasn't expecting was just how therapeutic this bucket list challenge is. Not only am I learning technical skills, but I'm also learning lifelong lessons about my personality. 
In pottery, I came face to face with my perfectionistic tendencies. It is impossible for me to create a perfectly symmetrical vessel out of pottery. And at first that drove me insane, but eventually I had to let it go and find beauty in those imperfections. Mm. And in dance, I came face to face with my pride. When you lack the confidence, it can be so embarrassing to dance in front of people. But dancing isn't about who has the best technical skills. It's about action and passion and celebrating the movements that your body makes. Now, full disclosure, I have fallen deeply in love with dancing and I have every intention to continue my lessons. Um, But this past January, it was time for me to check off the third thing on my list. And I can't wait to share what I have up my sleeve. Before we reveal the big surprise, Simone and I would like to take this opportunity to thank our listenership for supporting this podcast and promote Wilson Dance Studio as a great place to connect and develop. Wilson Dance Studio was founded to bring the joy of ballroom dance to West Michigan. Whether you are looking to meet new people, develop a new hobby, or want to get healthier, Wilson is prepared to offer you, the listener, with an exclusive discount on your first dance lesson. For just $35, you can get an introductory lesson with Walker Wilson, the founder and director of this studio. Walker has been dancing for 10 plus years and has the passion and expertise to bring confidence to the most hesitant of students. So whether you're a single student or young professional wanting the confidence to go out and dance socially, couple looking to compete, wife or husband looking for a fun new activity, or a bride and groom preparing for your first dance, head on down to Washington Square, mention Hot Off the Hip, and experience firsthand the euphoria and thrill of dancing. Ooh. <laughs> Simone, that is that is so cool to hear how you're developing above, above, beyond, and around your career, and I'm sure that makes you a more whole person. And for all the listeners, I encourage you to find things that uh, you may know nothing about, and that that's kind of spark your interest, and uh, you'll be a better person for it and interacting it in some sort of way. I remember a saying, uh, and I think this gets quoted way too often, but uh, someone like not Hippocrates, but somebody else would say, you know, when you stop learning, you start dying. I think it was Aristotle. And he might have said, I've heard, if you stop growing, you start dying. But it's so true, right? If, if you stop being engaged in the life around you, life becomes glazed over. <laughs> like when you just talk about your career all the time. It's true. So, amen. Let our personalities grow above and around the primary place we spend our time at work. So this segue is into what the podcast looks like going into 2022. I'm really, really, really excited to announce that Simone is going to be co-host going forward for the season two podcast season. It's going to be five more episodes and we're going to spotlight all the hip award winners going forward. Simone, I can't tell you how much I've learned from you over the past few weeks and how excited I am to have you on the podcast. Why don't you tell our audience and our listeners a little bit more about what's motivating you to add podcasting to your 2022 bucket list. I am obsessed with podcasts. I listen to them all the time, probably because I can listen to them and also do something else at the same time because I can't stop moving. Um, But yeah, it, it really is a dream come true 
Johannes, that you are taking me under your wing and showing me exactly what it takes to run a podcast. I am so excited to have this educational experience, and I'm even more excited to highlight and get to know and share the stories of these other five incredible women uh, who won the 2021 Holland Young Professional Leadership Awards. Well, Simone. I can tell this is going to be a ton of fun. The podcast is going to be so much richer for having you on it. Guests, listeners, I'm sure you're going to be raving and the feedback is going to come in. Uh, And I'm really excited because this co-hosting structure might be a way we want to develop podcasts going forward. And after season two, season three could also be run by a a local co-host and we could expand and keep this podcast to its local roots of connecting and developing young professionals in this community. So I'm really, really excited for the way this is going. Simone, after all of that breadth that we covered and depth that we covered, can you wrap this podcast up into one key thought that you want our listeners to take out of it? Yes, yes. I. If you know me, this is not going to be new to you, but go get it. Whether you are ready to take action for a cause that really matters to you or you want to shake up your daily routine and pursue a new skill, stop thinking about it and just go after it. It's that simple. Amen. Go get it, everybody. Jump into that boat and see where it takes you. There you go. Literally. Thank you you so much for your time, Simone. Are there any projects, organizations you want to plug, and how can we get in touch with you if we want to? Yes, I will forever and always promote Women of Color Give. So you can follow us on Instagram at WOCGive. And that's where you'll get to see all of our members' beautiful faces. You get to see our stories. Um, you get up to date with all the organizations and our grantees that we've been supporting. Uh, follow Women of Color Give. And I'd also like to give a huge shout out to Wilson Dance Studio. They are incredible. Walker and his team, they're amazing. Uh, stop by their studio in Washington Square or look, look them up online and sign up for dance lessons so that we can all dance together. And lastly, if you want to get in contact with me, you can follow me on LinkedIn or on Instagram at Maria Simone W. Please don't hesitate to reach out if you want some feedback about your DEI journey, or if you want to talk about the bucket list challenge, um, or if you have some advice for me on what I can do better moving forward, I'm always here to learn. So I would love to hear from you. Well, as this community goes forward and goes and gets it, as we dance into the future of the Holland Zealand area, I want to thank you, the listeners, for tuning into this episode of Hot Off the Hip. Make sure to check out our events page at www.bhip.org. That's www.bhyp.org for the current offering of community and development events created by the Holland Zealand Young Professionals. Also take a moment to look through the show notes, connect with our guest, or leave a voice message with your thoughts on the episode. Today's show was a blast to put together, and I look forward to doing this again soon on the next episode of Hot Off the Hip.